Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty, and I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio, and this is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. Hey, guys. Pastor Matt's back in the saddle and hopping right back out because Pastor Jeff's up this week, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. We have you today to go ahead and break down a little bit more of this sermon of Make Normal Christian Obedience Great Again. Minkang. Minkog. No, it wasn't make. No, you're. It's make Christian obedience normal again. Mc, no, Take the great out. Minkong. I'm, I'm not Donald Trump. What is it? Make Christian obedience normal. Oh, again. not again. So right, does that mean you're not a revivalist? It hasn't happened yet. No, it has happened. Make Christian obedience normal again. Not great. Ah, yeah, I got Take it. your great thing out of there. Make Christian obedience normal. Normal again. There we go. So yes, revival. No, okay. Now that we got that straight. Got it. You got it? Mc- McConaughey. <laughs> Whatever. Just give me a red hat and put that those letters on there. We should. That would be fun. <laughs> That would be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Man, from, I, I... It's from Hebrews 13, 1 through 8. It struck me as I was looking up acceptable worship. Oh, yeah. That it's... he's. This is just what's normal. This is what is the usual thing. This is not... This is not God, like, saying... Um, you know, here's all of these big ritual things you got to do. And it's also like you can't be a lazy Christian. Like there is a line mm-hmm. on both sides of the stream. And, you know, I've just uh, have been worn out by two things. Christians who really don't care about following Jesus and then it's usually the same group of people <laughs> who then accuse those who do care about following Jesus as being legalistic. Yeah. You know. I felt like you were holding back yesterday from jumping into that Matthew passage. Which one? Uh, the woes to the Pharisees. Yeah. Sarah did say, she said, uh, man, you you kind of, I mean, she these were not her words, but this was the sentiment. You kind of came out guns blazing oh, in the yeah. beginning. Uh, but was, that's that's usually me, though. It right? is, and there was more. I felt like you were holding back. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And that's been some, like, it's been what I've said before, what I really appreciate about Martin Lloyd-Jones. He just he calls people Christians, and, like, this is what Christians do. It's that normalcy. It's that douchey-be things thing. And that's absolutely uh, the, the truth. And I think there's, like, particularly in the western church we have this aspect where we have to look for something that's novel because of the church growth movement because of the mega churches if it's not novel then how do i know it's good and new and progressive yeah um and if it's not just novelty that they're looking for then i feel like it's simple ignorance yeah where we're like i don't know if what i'm doing is enough and that might be from and i think more of our uh camp of people who who want to do the right thing and and feel like maybe they're not because they're looking for some kind of 
emotional response returned because they're not sure whether it's from ignorance or something like that. I think your point of a love being effectual, um, even amongst brothers, is really valuable for this because your love uh, to the Lord is effectual as well, whether or not you get an emotional return on it. Yeah. Because uh, when we get past you know, the people well, that's that why you're worn out from, it's these uh, the people in our pews who want to do a lot of times the right thing, but have felt like they're floundering for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. It's just really that simple. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that gets made into some kind of complicated mess. God's Jesus also says, um, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll leave it right there. Like, just obey my commands. And I know obeying all of his commands, that's where the difficulty comes in, but it's not complex. Right? It's, not, it's not something out of reach in the sense that you have the power of the resurrection and and you have the the gift of repentance, and you have the gift of the Spirit to grow in knowledge of what the Lord has commanded. Yeah. And beyond that, like it's just it's not it's just not complicated. Yeah. You have at the end of John, Jesus is with Peter and says, "Peter, do you love me?" Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's that easy. Yeah. Uh, and and I so there's like this like nagging sense with me when I sit down with just about anyone. Um, that talking about obedience is going to rub the wrong way. Like that, I mean, there's a handful of people at, at CTL, and it's a growing number, thankfully, that love talking about they're humble and they want to talk about what is the next good, godly, obedient step for me to take in whatever aspect of life it is, from parenting to, to finances to, I mean, you name it. Um, but there's still a contingent of people that I, I know when I start pressing on, you need to take this next step of obedience, that this is somehow a weird or awkward conversation for them. So... I think that's because even I think we're people who are a little bit more mature spiritually are more used to this, even though it's still difficult. Is that spiritual worship is still sacrifice, it still costs something. Yeah. So uh, objectively, it's clear and obvious, but when you go to do it, it still is the cost, and that is the worship component. I don't want to pay the cost. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so why I, I drive just, all this back to worship. <laughs> so I just I want us to. In our minds, be sh- have a shift that talking about Christian obedience is the normal thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean that at a corporate level, but at an individual level. And, and I want that for every single member of CTL. That that is the good and normal conversation. What I think what we've made is the only normal conversation is the primary components of the gospel, the death, burial, and maybe the resurrection of Jesus, justification, essentially. That's about the only Christian conversation that's normal, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, in today's Christian world and culture. Beyond that, it starts to, like, depending on which person you talk to, it, it might get rubbed the wrong way, you know? And... But this is this is That's what acceptable 
That's worship. the line that you push people on who are just quote unquote spiritual, right? Yeah. Or, or religious. Yeah. So as you start to press into like, what does it mean to obey and actually do the things you say you believe? Now we're moving past these things that you hold to the things that you're supposed to cost you do yeah. those type of things. Things you got to do something with. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the third time you've yawned on me. I'm sorry, man. And I haven't started it, so I don't know if I'm, if I'm boring. It's an afternoon <laughs> lull. It's technically 3 o'clock right now. It's no, time change. I don't know if that's it. It could be the could be Kate, man. She She's in our bedroom this, this go-around um, just because of our our new house. And so she she's a little bit of a grunt, like a grunter. I don't know what the word for that is, but she likes to grunt. It's called pooping. Well, yeah, she's quite loud. <laughs> so, I mean, not not the pooping, but the grunting is loud. Mm. So, she's, yes, I think that's what it is. It's the redhead. And my kid's running in early this morning telling me the cows <laughs> were out of the pasture, out of the fence. And so we had to go chase, you know, 4,000 pounds of beef back into the... Uh, I remind you of that next time you're smoking some brisket. You ran for this. <laughs> so let's talk about the imitating the faith of your leaders. Yeah, you brought that up yesterday and said that you wanted to kick some of that to here. Yeah, yeah. Some of that was a teaser. Some of that was a uh, – I just – I already had a ton of application, and um, I needed to cut something, so – that got the that got the cut, but but before we do that, I want to set a little bit of a record straight here. I get accused frequently of wanting people to do what Matt wants them to do, mm-hmm. right? And I get labeled that power idol, like just trying to influence everyone to do what Matt wants them to do. You are that, but <laughs> I'm not saying that's never there. Mm-hmm. You'll buy this house, buy that car, blah, blah, blah. I, which also another side note here. I don't know that I've in, like encouraged much the like everyone should go out and buy land. So just for the record. Oh, yeah. You've talked about yours. Talked about mine. That's and fine. it's delightful and I love it. So Wait, so everyone has to buy land because you love yours? You know, if you want to take it that way, Russ, that's mm-hmm. fine. I feel compelled. <laughs> Do you feel bullied, pressured, and oppressed to go get land now? <laughs> oppressed, yes. Uh, but genuinely, I I really don't care whether it's A or B. What I genuinely care about is the faith that led you to A or B. You don't care? You don't get like royalties from the land commission for everybody that you push out onto acreage? Yeah, yeah. Or a check from like Hyundai when people buy cars. Yeah, no. I would never encourage one to buy a Hyundai anyways. <laughs> I just wanted to say that word. It's a Hyundai. Hyundai. That's Hyundai. how I say it. Yeah. I would no, I wouldn't encourage anyone to buy a, mm. one of those cars. So but what? no, no, I don't like I don't get no kickbacks. If anything, most of the things that I encourage people to go do end up costing them and costing me more. Because who are they going to come ask when they've gone down that path? When it gets hard, they're going to come ask me for help. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, yeah, I don't get no kickbacks on yeah. whether you go this way or that way. I, I just want you to have a 
make a very thoughtful, wise, and moral decision. Mm-hmm. And what I typically see is someone who is making an emotional decision and that has not wisely considered all of the counsel that they should consider. Mm-hmm. That's typically what happens, which is not living by faith, which nope. is not doing something unto faith, and is certainly not imitating the faith of your elders. And so is not that, bringing glory to God. Yes. So that's what I want. How dare you? So then what happens is I, I then end up sticking my nose into lots of people's businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And then because of that, I think I get labeled as, well, I'm just trying to control what people do. Because choose. we call that shepherding. So, yes. That, that is just, yes, it's just good shepherding. But mm-hmm. if you want to buy that ugly house, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> I wasn't thinking you. I know. But I mean, I bought a house that looks like a gingerbread house, but <laughs> it does. It's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I would say all of the elders would say the same thing about themselves. Yes, we want to see you uh, because I, I think you would head off all of that by we love you, we want good things for you, <laughs> we want you to succeed, and we want things uh, to go well. S- someone, and we've seen this before. Someone was once um, trying to raise money for um, an adoption. Mm-hmm. And they came to me and just nonchalantly said they were looking at buying a new truck. And I said, I said, man, I don't, man, I wouldn't do that. You're getting ready to ask people to give you like thirty, forty thousand $40,000. You can't go spend thirty thousand dollars on a truck or twenty thousand dollars on a truck man yeah like you can't do that how well, dare you tell me what i can't do <laughs> well then later that story gets spun that um that i told him that he couldn't have a nicer truck than i have mm-hmm. <laughs> now now for the record my my i i my truck got brought into that conversation at that point was my 09 silverado um, but I gave the same example of like, Hey man, I bought this truck. It was, it was like 12 grand or something like that. Um, and I'm on a lot of, uh, but I'm past like financial support. Like at this point, mm-hmm. if I had bought that while I was asking people for support, like, well, then why do you need the money? Mm-hmm. Right. So anyways, that got spun to, and I'm like, man, no, no, I, I'm trying to help you raise money so that you can adopt the child. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want. I want that good for you. And then nope, you go you're preserving s- your ego. You go spin it to say that I s- literally yeah. gossiped and slandered, saying that I said that he should not, he could not buy a nicer vehicle than than I have. Mm-hmm. No, I, I couldn't care less. Yep, that's fine. Yep. So. Yeah, I want good things for you. So I, yesterday in the sermon, I left off with, or left out of there, like a little bit of a teaser. What should you imitate then? And I, and I want to, before we jump in here, I really want to tie in, uh, put an exclamation point on what I said yesterday, and that is when it talks about here, like the idea of imitating their faith or consider their way of life and imitate their faith. That he's not just saying that you need to look at your elders like, oh wow, they just. They just have faith in God. Mm. And you walk away going, wow, I just need to have faith in God. They love God like, a lot. I wish I could love them like he does. That's not 
Like he's saying that, yes, but he's saying a hundred thousand times more than that. Yep. Why? Why would he say I'll consider the outcome of their way of life, mm-hmm. and and imitate their faith? So you have two components there. You have the the outcome of their way of life is coming from their faith. So you're to imitate their faith, and Lord willing, as you consider. Your, the outcome of your way of life is going to look similar. So it is both a belief and the subsequent action that comes from that belief, right? That comes from that faith. So uh, I want to give one other caveat here before we jump into a, a few short examples. But uh, one is you're going to have elders at different places in their journey, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to have certain elders that are going to uh, have a life more uh, worthy of imitation in one way and a different elder's life who is, is more sanctified and further along in their journey in a different way. Um, and so that's, so you, you don't, which is part of the gift of having a plurality of elders, a part of the purpose of having a plurality of elders. Um, that doesn't mean that, you look to the one who's further down the line on this thing and you disregard the other two or three or 10, but it means that, that you take that into account mm-hmm. um, and you weigh those things. Um, and I would also encourage you to not look at those things and just say, which one do I like the best? And that's the one I'm going to go after. Mm-hmm. But which one is more faithful to the scriptures? Yeah. Uh, which one is a better use of resources, according to the scriptures? Which is more wise? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, some examples I was thinking of, like, like the way they raise their kids. Uh, man, like, because, sorry, this is my caveat. This is rooted from the fact that you've considered an outcome, right? Yes. So the question you've got to the ask out- first: the is, way of life. Yep. What do they have to show for themselves? Yes. Like, that's weighted, which is yeah. a standard I don't particularly love having above my head, but, you know, that's that comes with the territory. So that requires, then, careful consider. Here's that word we've been using a lot, consideration of what do they have to show for themselves. Yeah. Now, I, to your point, what I think is nice about this is that it's based off of their faith. And so you can have that. I mean, you can look at all four of our kids, and we're in different places you can look at all four of our whatever, and we're in, might be in different places, but faith is what we're considering. Yeah. So yeah. So when when you think about then the way they raise their kids, what do they have to show for themselves when it comes to their kids? Yeah. Yeah. What has so so faith and works always go together, right? Mm-hmm. We've learned that in Hebrews. You see that certainly in James. So if you want to evaluate where the faith is, then consider the outcome of their way of life or mm-hmm. outcome of their lives. Then you'll be able to, you know, in the engineering world, you can say, I re- I'll reverse engineer it, right? Yeah. So you look at the works and you reverse engineer it and go back to, so what is that saying about the faith? So what is it that they're believing and living upon that is bringing about this outcome and this way of life? Um, and... So that can be, I mean, I mean, literally, practically, things like um, the obedience of kids, uh, what you feed your kids, uh, when you feed your kids. I mean, very practical things like um, how do you handle the dinner table? 
How do you handle a child who doesn't eat all of their food? Um, how do you handle a picky eater? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, how do you uh, handle them sitting in service? Mm-hmm. Like those are things um, that you should consider. Um, like meaning not just give a passing thought to, but look at. Yeah. Dress, what? screen time, education. Yes. Sports, recreation, hobbies skills yes and i would also encourage you to then as you look at the way they do things what they do in moderation don't you do in excess (laughs) yeah so it doesn't mean like on all these (laughs) he doesn't mean like imitate just a little bit so that you're somewhere in the same ocean as they are (laughs) you if you're looking for an outcome you need to be on the surfboard with them Mm -hmm. not just on the beach somewhere yeah but i'm on the east coast yeah, but you're in Florida, and yeah. and I'm in Maine. Yeah, just because you buy a hammer does not make a, a woodworker of you. That's right. <laughs> you need to learn how to swing her. Uh, man, I, this is similarly related. You know how they lead their households. You know, particularly for you men. Um, what are the kind of things they say yes to? What do they say no to? When do they have conversations with their wives? When do they? Uh, how do they do family worship? How do they? What are their expectations? Where are they drawing lines at? You know, what kind of laws do they impose on their families? The work ethic that they require from their kids. Um, like, you know, like I would give an example from my own life that I would encourage all of our men to do. Like I, I'm raising, seeking to raise my boys to be manly men. Like to be tough, to be hard, to have strength that they can lay down their lives for the good of other people. I'm not. <laughs> That's right. You're not. Mm-hmm. You have girls. <laughs> and if any of my boys are to marry any of your girls, I don't want them to be the same as what I'm raising my boys to be. Butchie. Yep. So we have boys of similar ages running around our, con- our congregation that are little wimps mm-hmm. um, and need to be toughened up. Uh, I mean, m- my little Winnie is tougher than some of the boys that run around here. Mm-hmm. And like that's not a good thing. And you should you should consider the the way that that I'm raising my boys and where's what where's that what's the faith that's feeding that? Mm-hmm. Which I hopefully I've communicated that plenty enough times by now. Uh that so would be hard. That's the gospel, right? The justification. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, do, and do a little bit harder, than and that. a whole lot more, a whole lot more, because uh, God has said more than just John three sixteen. Um, you know, God says a lot more about false teaching than He does about <laughs> the straight vanilla gospel. Twenty six out of twenty seven books in the New Testament yeah. talks about that. Yeah, and that delightful. Yeah. So, like. Uh, uh, maybe let me uh, put a cap, a big cap, a big exclamation point on on this whole category here, and that is, it's not just hey, when you get around to it, you might want to give a couple minutes to thinking, maybe a little bit about what your elders' faith and their outcome of their way of life. Like, now this is a command that the regular pattern of your life. That what is normal for you to do is to consider 
your elders in their way of life and to imitate it. Like that's like, I mean, the Bible does not put a frequency number here, but I would like to think that this is like somewhere in the realm of like daily. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, again, I mean, you, Matt's I'm going to get a suggesting cute... face on, like, maybe, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, I might get accused of being a legalist here, but, like, it should be regular. And I don't know how many, uh, like, when I think of regular, you, if you're going to the restroom I was gonna say regularly, that, <laughs> and you don't need stool softener, you're going regular, you're going every day. Yeah, well, we can tell who's doing it because of the grunting. <laughs> Right or the resting grouchy faces. Rusty grouchy. That was funny. <laughs> well, in our elder just... chat, we have a resting Jeff face going right now. <laughs> I think it's just all the people that are constipated. I honestly. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I would say uh, a couple things with that. Um, the regularness aspect. I I think that's even the point of like I made yesterday with communion, of it being a visual. Uh, grace to us is that we it's a visual grace to you to it's i'll speak for myself as i look at the rest of our elders it's a visual grace to me to see a, a earthly standard and outcome and laboratory and test case and, and all this because another thing i would say is like not just consider the outcome but i would say like consider their corrections yeah. Uh, we make course corrections all the time, and some are. Yeah, yeah. You you don't mean like they're correcting you. You mean their own our, course yeah, corrections. Yeah, our personal course corrections. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're small. Um, sometimes it's because of full on repentance. Sometimes it's wisdom. Yeah. Um, I so when it comes to like education, you're a visual grace to me, and you're you've looked into education style a lot more than I care to, frankly. Um, but I, I have a responsibility for that myself. So I use you as a, as a researcher, sounding board, all that yeah. stuff. You guys have shifted lanes a lot in that and for, for different reasons. And those course corrections have helped me understand more even what we should be thinking about as we have done ours and stuff like that. So my point is, like, I, don't, I didn't just do that once, like, you know, six years ago. What's Matt think? What's the outcome of his education system at this point, you know? <laughs> and and yes. then launch and that's the way that it is for for my life this is a regular thing um so i, I would say look at the course corrections mm. um and yeah the visual grace aspect i think is what helps you make it more regular yeah uh, in a big oh, man. way man man that just brought up two things one it's going to lead me more into the second one is um don't expect your elders to live as if they're never going to be sanctified any further. Oh, yeah. Okay? So. Newsflash. <laughs> they're going to grow and change. Yeah. That's the point and, of the and, faith. And that drives me nuts because I've heard this a few times in over the past six months. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, I just I just don't know if I like the way you guys are changing. And I'm like, well, what would you expect? Like. You just you just want us to stay vanilla for the rest of our lives? I mean, like, just stay that way? Or do you want us to grow and change? Like, yes, going to grow and change. I personally have had zero major theological shifts since I became Reformed. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm working on 
uh, 16 years since any major theological shift. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know? So don't, don't like, like, don't live or expect as you're, as you're considering them that they're never going to make pivots mm-hmm. or they're never going to shift a little bit. Like they should, mm-hmm. that's called sanctification. Okay. Um, I don't remember where I was going with that. I was going to lead you into it. I'll go into the second thing. It's because they're living by faith. We're growing they're, by faith. They are living by faith. Yeah, so I don't have everything figured out, but I'm figuring it out by faith. Man, what was I going to say? I don't know. You'll remember and interrupt me here in a second. So I will. The other aspects I would encourage you that fall into this um, bucket before we kind of head things over would be like, how do they think things through? That is an important component to all this. So our outcome doesn't happen just because we start, you know, trying to put triangles and square holes and octagons and, you know, a triangle. Like we think through things and we do so through the lens of scripture, as yeah. we've talked about, by faith. And so the way that we even think and process is something that you can learn. That's important. It comes to our understanding of the scriptures, the Bible. The reason that we respond to certain events certain ways is because we're conditioned to by the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one that I hear a lot of people give themselves a pass on is their understanding of the scriptures. Like, oh, I'll never know it as well as, you know, Pastor Wood, so and so. Well, yeah, you, you could, maybe, if you came to class all the time, <laughs> you know? Like, or, you maybe know. maybe we'll get there eventually, you know? Yeah. Um, or at least you'll learn a few things that are going to help you consider the outcome and condition yourself this way. Yes. Yeah, so those i would encourage you on that and then uh, another final one this is kind of a blanket i guess would be like what do they give themselves to yeah what are they and giving, why what are they giving themselves to what are they chasing what outcome do you think they're hoping for because uh, all of our outcomes are not yet done <laughs> i have other ones i want to see <laughs> that's right you know um yeah. so what are they what are they chasing what are they working on why are they working on it and, and ask those questions um all four of us would be very happy to answer all of these questions. Yeah. You know, I, um, this might bore some of you as an example, but, uh, I've, I've recently decided to make a pivot or a course correction on my cattle program. <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, I was going to originally buy, um, some like basically less than a year old. And then you, you feed them for a year and then take them to the slaughter then I decided, uh, well, no, I think cattle prices are going too high. I'm going to start a breeding program. So I went that route, and because of some certain things, I've I've now shifted back to Plan A. You're allowed to do that, uh, you know? Yes, yes. Um, some might call it wisdom. And but what I've been communicating to people as I've been talking about that is, what is my primary goal? What is my goal in cows? And my primary goal, um, I mean, I like beef, so that puts this on the radar. But my primary goal with beef is not to make money. That's secondary goal, I and and unapologetically. You're allowed to do that? But my, uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I have to do that in order to honor the Lord. So my – Pardon pro- my incredulo- <laughs> incredulousness, incredulity this whole episode. But these are fascinating outcomes. My primary goal 
is I want people that I love and care about to know that something had to die in order for them to eat, in order for them to live. And like the I I mean the idea of so many of our kids would grow up in a world where they got their parents got fake money put into someone's bank account that then went to a grocery store and bought some slab of thing that we're going to put in the oven and then put in our mouths and to not understand that something died so that I could live. Um, like that, that blows my mind. Yeah. And I want that to change. I think that that will give more power to the gospel when you say that Jesus had to die so that you could live. Man, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, um, I'll end with this story here. I got one too. Winnie, we were, we were taking, we took 20 hens and four turkeys to the slaughter last Saturday. Oh, uh, the 20 hens have all served a good purpose. They've laid eggs for the past three or four years. We, uh, inherited them when we bought the farm. The four turkeys we've been raising since March, April. Some of you have seen them. You've seen pictures of them. They're actually probably most the of our f- men have met them. Yes, they have. <laughs> probably the friendliest animals on my farm. They would come up to you and and sit down and let you pet them. Um, and so as as my three younger kids are uh, so Winnie, Silas, Henry are chasing all of these. 20 hens and four turkeys around the chicken coop uh, trying to catch them and I'm guarding the door and then put them in dog cages in my trailer. Winnie is out there sticking her hand in in between catches and petting the turkeys and saying "Um, it's been nice knowing you um, but we have to take you to the slaughter so we can eat you. Okay? Right? So that's my Winnie of my five, almost six-year-old Winnie. Well, then we get to the slaughter or to the butcher and we back up the trailer and I tell her to stay, you know, a good distance back. And the way this place is set up is you just take them out. They, you put them right on these kill cones and they get their throats, their throats slit and then blood's coming out. And, you know, and if you're eating right now, I'm sorry, but you know, (laughs) it's kind of gruesome, a little, a little crazy, like a horror film. And I just watch Winnie just just kind of in horror, like staring. I knew this was coming, but I I was watching her. And then I saw her kind of turn around and walk to the side of the Suburban and sit down on the little step. So I walked around and sat down with her and said, Honey, what's going on? And she said, Dad. I said, she just, I could just tell she was sad. I said, are you sad? Yeah, I'm sad. Sad at what? Well, it, the turkeys and and I said well honey what did you, what do you think it meant when you said you had to go to the slaughter so that we could eat what do you think that meant I don't know so well, now you know mm-hmm. something had to die so that we could eat right and I mean this this is my five six year old little girl mm-hmm. um, that now has this incredible data point that when we say man Jesus had to die so that you could live, mm-hmm. that's going to have an incredible, uh, powerful impact on her little soul. 
now every moment going forward, every time she hears it in a sermon, mm-hmm. every time she hears it from her mom and dad, her brothers and sister reads it in the Bible, hears it at school. Yep. Every time she sees a turkey running around her farm next spring mm-hmm. or the cows. And so here's the deal. The, the thing is not go buy a turkey, raise it, and cut its head off in front of your daughter. That, that's not the point. But the point is, is the, the faith that I'm living in that moment is that I want my kids to have a deep understanding of the gospel, and this is one of the ways I've chosen to do it, and I'm willing to share that with other people mm-hmm. as life goes on. And so back to the cows, whether or not I breed them or whatever, I'm making a pivot because my main goal is not, my, my primary goal is not making the most money. Although I'm, I'm, my goal is to make money, my return on investment that I want the most is other people to have that kind of story with their five-year-old or their eight-year-old or their 10-year-old. Yep. That's, that's my hope. Or that 25-year-old or 35-year-old was walking around on my farm and saw a cow that they're now eating coming out of their fridge. So here's the inverse on Saturday. We were at Sam's uh, about 7 o'clock at night and uh grabbing some some food and we can loosely cook right now because of our home situation uh but we are cooking um the take home bake aisle if you've seen that sales oh, oh yes i know it, it looked like the pandemic was here it was empty like people and i saw people walking out and stuff i just noticed it from when i was in the parking lot everyone's walking out with these you know take home bake stuff that they have set up all the chickens still available back there, like the rotisserie chickens. Yeah, if people the, don't know the what to five do with dollar them, ones, they don't know what to do with them. And so, but my point is, is like you just walk in there and you pick up not just chicken, even that's been killed and cooked for you on a rotisserie, but you know you walk in here and you have your pre-wrapped enchiladas and your. <laughs> oh man, that's even worse. Right, all this stuff like wow, and it's just man, it breaks my heart from like a cooking side. But then even to, to where you're going, like, yeah. And so that's yeah. that's the case. Now, Man. in all fairness, we left and picked up our pizza on the way home. But <laughs> <laughs> it was movie night. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure you saw on Facebook. Like, And, again, I'm not saying go get your own chickens. Exactly. But, but, but like. Well, my point is I think a good intermediate step would be, like, learn how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> learn how to cook. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. But, like, you know, we've had these chickens that served our farm for the past three years before we even bought it yeah and they're not laying many eggs mm-hmm. it's time for them to die so we take them to the slaughter right now they're currently being cooked um we'll pull the meat off and use it for stew meat then we'll boil down the the bones and the carcass to make bone broth and if you have no idea I don't, people don't understand these kind of things but one chicken will create so one carcass, one old hen that's already had eggs laid probably three to 500 eggs in her lifetime mm-hmm. uh, has that one old hen will make maybe not even a half a pound of meat uh, for stew meat. But then that carcass will make uh, four quarts of bone broth with the with. Uh, all the collagens and everything. A gallon. Yeah, which is a gallon. Well, the reason I said four quarts is because to go buy pasture-raised, organic chicken bone broth by the quart is 15 bucks a quart. Mm-hmm. 
which is a lot more money than your $2.50 high-sodium Swanson stuff you can buy from Aldi's, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. We use that for a long time, just not down in those people who use that. But but here's my point. That that chicken is going to – will give us $60 worth of bone broth. That's mm-hmm. one chicken. Mm-hmm. We're doing 20 so I'll have 80 quarts. That's $1,200 of bone broth, uh, chicken bone broth, if I was to go buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that kind of, and my, and my family having to work through that and make that and then reuse that six months down the road. like, is, And it tastes better. <laughs> yeah. We had soup made from our first batch of chickens, like with bone broth from our first batch of chickens. Uh, over the week, over the weekend, and it was absolutely delicious. So, to my point too, you can do that with the ones from Costco, from Sam's. <laughs> yes. Well, you say, what do you do with the rotisserie ones? Well, you eat the meat off of it, and then you make chicken stock mm-hmm. or broth. Yep. With it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not uh, fifteen dollars a quart, but it's <laughs> still really good. Like you might be able to get two fifty a quart off of that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There you go. Imitate. Their faith. That doesn't mean go buy property. Well, that's uh, you the, get the point. Hopefully. That's the conversation I'm saying have. Like, sit down and say, "Hey, I'm not. I'm not moving to a farm, bro. I'm not getting chickens. Um, what are some steps I can do?" Well, and just so and, you know, and you if, have that kind of conversation. Just so you know, if you come to me and say it like that, I'm going to say, "Why not?" Well, yeah, and not because I want you to go buy a farm. I want to know how'd you get there. I want to know what sticks up your butt. That's what I want to know. Like, why are you so uh, anti that? And then, if you've got a good reason, I'll get off your back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, yes. how, did, did you think about it? So, that goes back to earlier. Like, that's the normal <laughs> conversation. Have that. Yeah. That's right. And then we can talk about how do you accomplish the same faith-driven uh, way of life mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't look like buying a farm. Because that's, that's what we're after here is it's all of those things you described are done through faith. Yeah. From the killing, from the conversation, to the boiling, to all, to the eating, that's all done by faith. It's not something that just happens on Sunday. Yeah. It's not just something that just happened when you make the initial decision. Yeah, and it's not just something that's done for the heck of it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I, I didn't move to a farm just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of faith that was driving and still driving that ship many days, many yes, days. Yeah, like when I'm sprinting out of the house because my cows are loose. Mm. You know. Yeah, well, you yeah. live on a pretty busy street, but not a highway. Busy enough that a fourteen hundred dollar or fourteen hundred pound cow can do a lot of damage to a Prius. True. True. There would be no Prius left. The cow would probably walk away. <laughs> well, then you can have Prius for dinner instead. <laughs> Prius for dinner. No, Chris can have a Prius for dinner. <laughs> we love you, Chris. <laughs> Especially since you are making your money off of the drive now in a Prius. So, yeah. <laughs> drive in faith, brother. Uh, well, this has been uh, helpful to me. I hope it's been super helpful to you guys. Uh, and you hear, again, our, our heart it comes from knowing, loving, and obeying. That's, that's what we're after for, for you, for us, for our families, for our church. So we hope that that has been helpful. I want to encourage you to do those things. So know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We will see you next week. See you guys.